Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms held wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. It is Monday, August the 15th, 2022. Certainly want to lead off with prayers this morning for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Cairo, Egypt. Um, Dozens of people killed in a church fire there. Um, The cause appears to be uh, accidental. Something about electrical wiring in the air conditioning system on the second floor. It is a multi-story building. Um, At least 18 children uh, died. Smoke inhalation Uh, seems to be the cause of death. They were on the third and fourth floors of the building, children ages 3 to 16 um, among those 18, but dozens of people killed, including um, one of the pastors of the church. uh, Want to be praying for Egypt's Coptic Community Day and their churches and those Coptic Christians who live here in the United States. it's a, it's a small community in terms of a global footprint, but they are a people of, of ardent and historic faith, um, some of the oldest churches in the world. And so be praying um, for our brothers and sisters in Christ this morning among the Coptic uh, Egyptian community. I want to talk for a minute about trust and mistrust and distrust. Um, Edelman is actually a, a company that globally tests um, trust on something that they call the Edelman Trust Barometer. And they're really doing it for business, like, right, for business leaders, for corporations. But it is a, uh, because they've been doing it for many, many years, and because they keep asking the same questions over time, and because they do it globally, not just here in the United States, it tends to be a pretty good barometer of where things are at. And the 2022 Edelman Trust Barometer is uh, is almost flat in the direction of uh, of mistrust and distrust. Um, And here's their summary statement. We find a world ensnared in a vicious cycle of distrust fueled by a growing lack of faith in media and the government. Through disinformation and division, governments and the media are feeding the cycle and exploiting it for commercial and political gain. So that's not um, exclusive to U.S.-based media, certainly not exclusive to the U.S. government. But I don't think that we in the United States are escaping what they recognize is a global vicious cycle of distrust fueled by a lack of faith in the media and the government. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we you know, consider together what is happening um, across this country and around the world There was a point in time when the majority of Americans actually said they trusted the government. Um, But today, more than half of people surveyed um, say they do not trust the government. And the gap between trust and distrust or mistrust is is growing. Um, So here is something from Pew Research. More Americans view members of the opposing political party as immoral, dishonest, and closed-minded. In 2016... 
45% of Republicans and 42% of Democrats considered the other party to be dishonest. Keep those in mind. Both of those are under 50%. Okay, so in 2016, less than 50% of the opposing party viewed members of the other party as dishonest. In 2022, 72% of Republicans view Democrats as dishonest and 64% of Democrats consider Republicans dishonest. Okay, so when we talk about this vicious cycle of um, of distrust, that's what we're talking about. Who's, who is fueling that? Who are you believing? Because people on the quote-unquote other side of the political aisle are not our enemies. They are our fellow citizens. We are one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. So who do you trust and how far and with what? Here's my summary encouragement. Trust God. How far? All the way. With what? All that you are, all that you have, and all that you hope for. We need to be a people who are not only cultivating trust, but we need to be a people who are trustworthy. Speaking the truth, yes. Um, Being certain that we have actually attained a knowledge of the truth before we speak it, and so slow to speak on some of the issues of the day, recognizing that we are going to find ourselves in times of disagreement, even serious disagreements with other people. So we need to learn how to fight righteously, even goodly, godly. So how do we genuinely have a good fight? We're going to find out that next from Dr. Linda Mental. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Find it a little funny this morning that Dr. Linda Mental has This Is My Fight Song as her walk-up music. Linda, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Uh, Paul and I thought, well, how appropriate is that as a lead-in to talking about (laughs) how do you have a good fight with somebody? Totally appropriate. So we're going to direct you to drlindamental.com for the resources we're talking about today or... As always, all these links are included in today's show notes, which you get when the podcast posts at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So um, teach us how to have a good fight. So, and also just to let people know, uh, Carmen, that there will be a podcast on this in the next, I think in the next month, we have one coming up on this very topic because we all have conflict, and as you were talking, uh, there's a lot of conflict in our culture right now, but there is a lot of conflict that comes up and disagreements that come up in our interpersonal relationships as well. So we need to know how to express ourselves and to bring up a complaint when we have something that we feel strongly about or we feel differently about with somebody that we're doing life with. I make a big distinction in couples therapy that there's a difference between bringing up a complaint versus a criticism. A complaint is where you describe something that is problematic. A criticism usually has to do with directing it at a person and saying something negative about that person. And what we know from marital research is that when you have a lot of criticism in a relationship, it leads to defensiveness, and then that defensiveness leads to feelings of contempt, 
which eventually lead to what we call stonewalling, where you're putting up a stone wall and you're not talking to that person. And that's a predictor for divorce. So we don't want this to get to a point of constant criticism. What we're trying to do is have a difference, have a complaint, and find a good way to do that. Now, to do that, like anything else, there are rules of engagement when you begin an interaction with somebody. So these are rules that you talk about beforehand. And a lot of couples do not do this, and even friends don't do this. But if we have a disagreement, it's a good idea to say, okay, when we, when we start to talk about it, there isn't going to be any swearing, any name-calling, any disrespect. And you just lay out the things that you know would lead to this discussion becoming very escalated and get out of hand. So a good place to start is with these rules of engagement when you're beginning a fight. Um, when you feel your anger rising, you both agree to take a timeout. I think that for those of us who are timeout people who like, we know we need, we need like, okay, I gotta have, I, I gotta have some space. Like um, the other person doesn't always, that's not always where they are and they want to keep pressing forward. So this is a negotiation that has to take place in advance where yes. you say we we're going to have a word or a signal or, you know, whatever the, because sometimes it has to be unspoken. Like I gotta, I gotta take a time out and you have to let me take a time out. Right. And that's, that would be a, that's a good rule of engagement to talk about ahead of time. And I like what you said about the signal, because I've used that in therapy where people just do a, put their finger up or, you know, it's getting hot. The temperature's getting hot because once, and, and this is what we know, and, and I know people know this intuitively, that when it begins to escalate and you begin to get so emotionally upset or maybe even hot <clears throat> during the conversation your thinking part of your brain goes offline and then nothing good happens from that point on. And what we know is, is when it, when fights escalate that the real problems come in. So it really is important for people to figure out what are some methods to keep myself from getting very, very emotional so that I don't have what's called this hijacking of the brain where I can't think. So if you can come up with a signal for each other or even the other person say, I need it. Even if you think the other person needs it, you can be the one to still say, I need it because you know you're going to need it because the person's going to get very upset. So that escalation is key to any conflict discussion. You have to keep it calm in order to keep going. And if you can do that and you can stay focused on the problem and not the person, you're going to do a whole lot better than if things begin to escalate. It just won't go in a good place. We're going to have Dr. Linda Mental tell us some of those um, considerations that we might make before before we get into a fight so that we can have a good fight um, with a positive outcome over issues uh, that don't, you know, that don't criticize or attack people. We're going to have that conversation up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, this is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. 
So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com and then be assured of our prayers for you in the spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. Keep fighting the good Keep fighting the good fight. Dr. Linda Mental is here to teach us how to fight the good fight and have a good fight. You can find what we're talking about today at drlindamental.com. She's also going to cover it in an upcoming um, podcast on the Dr. Linda Mental show here on the Faith Radio Network. So you should check that out at myfaithradio.com. Um, Linda, give us some of those processes, some of those things to put in place ahead of time. Um, because I, I like, you know, leaving criticism and anger at the door. Um complain but don't criticize there's a lot of good good stuff in here you want to hit on a few yeah um i i made a little list when we were when we were in the break so the one i would really talk about is is try to start the conversation so it doesn't get to a fight uh, try to start it with what we call a soft startup when you approach somebody with a conflict let's say it's a couple and you start with you always leave your shoes in the way when i'm getting up at night you know, right away, that's going to set up a, a defensive posture and somebody's possibly not going to listen. So what a soft startup would sound like would be something like, yeah, I have something I really want to talk to you about. It's been bothering me. I'm, I think we can work out a pretty good solution to this. And I think I just need to bring it up and we can problem solve it. That's so different than the first one that I said. So again, in the research, we know that if you start soft, then it opens the conversation up for a little bit more um, openness and hearing and then working towards problem solving. And problem solving is really what you're trying to do when you bring up a conflict. Now, I know that not all conflicts get resolved and sometimes we walk away agreeing to disagree, but it's always the way you talk about a problem that is the most important, not always if you solve it. So how you deal with that other person in that relationship is really what's key here. I think another one is the timing of bringing up something. Sometimes we choose to have a, a, a conflict or a disagreement and bring it up when somebody's really stressed or somebody's really tired. You know, they're just not in a good space. They might be sick and they're just not able to really focus on that. So I would wait for a good time. And I've had many couples who who schedule it actually and say, we're going to talk about this issue you know, tomorrow night when the kids are in bed, when we have a little bit of time and we can sit down and be kind of calm and quiet with each other. That's a really, really good idea. And then I think another one, Carmen, is to really think about before you go into the, the disagreement, what's the real issue here? Because so often when couples come in and they have a, me as the third party, it's really not about leaving the shoes on the side of the bed or it's not about he didn't take out the trash. It's more about I just overall feel unsupported and or what you started the whole hour with. Um, I don't have a lot of trust in this person. So mm -hmm. if you can get to the root issue and you can say this is one of the examples of something that's leading me to feel this way, then that really is a good conversation. That's harder to do because you have to be quite self-reflective and you have to think about it. But couples can do this and you can do this with even your friendships and it will take the conversation in a really good way. And then I think one more just, and I don't know why this is in the research, but husbands who accept the influence of their wives do way better in uh, conflict discussions than if they don't. 
and it doesn't work the other way. So I don't know if that's because wives are more apt to take influence from their husbands. I'm not sure what that's about, but we do know that when a husband respects his wife and he's willing to listen to whatever she has to say and accept the influence, then those conflicts go much better overall. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. All right, we might not be able to cover all of the seven ways to stop being anxious, but this post at um, at drlindamental.com caught my attention as well. So want to start us with a conversation about the seven ways to stop being anxious? Well, one of them has to do with what we're talking about right now, and that is this ability to calm yourself down. And when mm. you are not able to stay calm, uh, you're going to ramp up your anxiety. It activates what we call your sympathetic nervous system. That's when you get that arousal feeling and that fight or flight. So one of the biggest things just in the moment is take a deep breath. Just really exhale slowly. It's the opposite of tension. And anytime you can just do some slow, deep breathing, you're going to calm yourself down. The other thing that the brain is really good with, when you're having anxious thoughts and you can't get your mind off of something, if you can distract the brain, and a lot of the evidence-based treatments that we have for people with anxiety are based on this concept. How do I distract my brain, again, away from that feeling of anxiety into engaging the thinking part of my brain? So you can do something really simple, like count backwards from 10. I have students do this all the time when they're going into an exam. They're highly, highly anxious at that moment. And I'll say, think of five cities in the United States that begin with the letter A. And as they distract the brain away, it calms down that part of the brain, the feeling part of the brain, and it helps a person get a little bit of distance. So that's just an easy, easy one you can do. And then if you can do some, if you have some small self-care things where you can, you know, take a moment and drink a cup of hot tea, or if you have time to take a ba- uh, you know, warm bath or something, if you're feeling particularly anxious at night, read something, read your Bible. And of course, that's the big one, meditating, right? So distracting the brain is one thing, and it's a temporary solution. It works very well for the moment. But with the scripture, we're renewing the mind. And so the more that you can renew the mind, and I, and I love that verse. I put it in the blog in Isaiah 26, 3, that says, you keep me in perfect peace, um, and whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts, there's that word trust again, in you. So again, as we meditate on the Lord, as we meditate on the word, that will calm the mind and your spirit. And that's, and there's so many scriptures. And when I wrote the book, Letting Go of Worry, I put a whole section on the back of it with scriptures related to the anxious mind, related to worry, related to contentment, and related to peace. So we've got a very good resource in the Bible to help us with that. If you want to grab a copy of Letting Go of Worry or connect with Dr. Linda Mental, um, you can go to drlindamental.com. Letting Go of Worry, God's Plan for Finding Peace and Contentment is the book. I don't know, 10, 11 years old now. Still great. Still, um, you know, still God's word applied to um, these conversations. So um, thank you, Linda, as always. You guys want to check out the Dr. Linda Mental Show here on the Faith Radio Network. You can find it at MyFaithRadio.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. It's like the bright sunrise waiting on the other side on the darkest night. Don't ever lose hope. Hold on. Do you have a special needs? 
family? Do you have special needs in your family? I do. Do you need special grace this morning? I do. Elrena Evans is going to join us next. We're going to talk about uh, her brand new book, Special Grace, Prayer and Reflections for Families with Special Needs. I'll lead off with this. It includes a prayer for comfort. God of the hurting, we cry to you. Comfort us. God of the weeping, we cry to you. Comfort us. God of the broken, we cry to you. Comfort us. Be with us now in this moment of our pain. Infuse our spirits with your solace. Be our God of comfort. Amen. Let's get some special grace together here on Mornings with Carmen. Alvina, Alrina Evans joins us next. Welcome to the first church of mercy, where the doors of love swing open wide. No matter who you are, no matter what you Elrina Evans joins us now. She comes with um, her new book, Special Grace, Prayer and Reflections for Families with Special Needs. Elrina, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much. I think I'm going to have you um, lead off by introducing yourself any way you want to. You describe yourself as a private person, but it's such a public act to write a book of any kind. And this is a very, um, you disclose a lot in this book about the realities of life. So I think I'm going to let you introduce yourself today and maybe give us a little peek into what your family is like, because that seems like the invitation of this book to others. All right. Yes, thank you. Um, so my name is Elrina, and my husband and I live in Pennsylvania, and we have five children. They're all a little quirky, as I say in the book, but the book is primarily about my middle son, who has special needs that are above and beyond just being quirky, and kind of flipped the script for our family a little bit and sent us off on a new trajectory. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, this idea that you know we did not we did not plan to be enduring the things that we're enduring. And yet this is, you know, right. This is the life we're living. This is the challenge that um, is before us as an individual or as a family. Um, We are a special needs family. And so I certainly resonate with um, the reality that every child has special needs. Sometimes that gets lost in the midst of how overwhelming the needs of one child are. So can you talk a little bit about um, parenting all your kids, not just the one, because I think for a lot of people that becomes a real challenge. Yes, I think that is a huge challenge. And what you were saying about all children having special needs and not choosing the things that we are living through on a day-to-day basis, I think that that in many ways was the inspiration for the title of the book, because I believe that if God gives us a child with special needs. He will give us the special grace that we need to raise not only that child, but the siblings. And I do write in the book about times when, with my younger daughter especially, who is in between my son who has special needs and my youngest son, who at the time was a baby, um, I worried about her because she's sandwiched in between a child with outsized needs, and an infant who is inherently needy. And I write in the book about those moments where 
no matter how many resources you have, no matter how many therapies, no matter how many people are coming to your house, no matter how supportive your spouse or your friends, I feel like there will always be moments where it is just you and you don't feel like you're enough. And the anguish, the cry of my heart in those moments when I'm turning on the TV again for my daughter so that I can help my son with whatever he needs. Um, That was part of the impetus for writing the book because I feel like my heart is just crying and I don't have words. And I know I'm not alone in this. I know there are so many other people who are feeling this, but also we're not alone because God is always with us. So let's write some words so that in those moments, we have a cry that we can bring before our father. Alarina, when you think about um, each and every one of your children, um, and then you think specifically about the child who, you know, I like the description, you know, the one who has outsized needs, um, they're a sacred trust, like they're God's first. And for some reason, right, he has ordained that you and your husband should be the people privileged to accompany them through this portion of um, of their journey. Um I like this question that you ask, you know, why, why God did you make this my gift? I think this is a question that parents of special needs children ask a lot. Like, not, God, I'm not sure you should have trusted me this much with this little person. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. And, and the idea or the, the solace is God gives us the grace sufficient to be the parent we could not otherwise be. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like God, God does supply what we need to parent the children he gives us. I think what's really helpful for me to think about, um, I have a friend who often encourages me by saying the grace is there even when we Mm. can't feel it. Mm. Just because I'm not feeling God's grace in the moment doesn't mean it's not there. Just because I feel I am totally overwhelmed. I am failing at everything. I can't do this one more minute where is the grace? The grace is there even when I can't feel it. And that has been something huge for me to hold on to, even just to say to God at times, I don't feel it. I'm trusting. I'm trying. I am trying to trust that you are here, that the grace is there, that your grace is sufficient in my weakness, but I don't feel it. But to remember whether I feel it or not actually has no bearing on whether the grace is there. The grace is always there. And there will be times because God loves us where we feel the grace, where we see the grace, whether that's a milestone that our child achieves or laughing with our children or a friend reaching out at just the right moment. The grace is there. Sometimes I feel like we almost have to hunt for it a little bit. We have to keep our eyes open, but God never takes that grace away. We're talking with Elrena Evans. She is, among other things, the author of Special Grace, Prayers and Reflections for Families with Special Needs. We do have copies to give away from our friends over at InterVarsity Press. If you'd like to enter the drawing for the copies we have to give away today, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, Elrina, why don't you um, read a couple of prayers to us from Special Grace so people can get um, get a sense of what we're talking about here? Okay, I would love to do that. Um, why don't I start with a prayer for Special Grace? 
Yeah. I'll warn you before I begin, I'm a bit of a crier, so I'll do my best, but my emotions tend to come out my eyes sometimes. For special grace, Heavenly Father, before the foundation of the world, you chose our child to be a dearly beloved child of yours. We are honored by the privilege of being your hands and feet here on the earth. Thank you for the joys and for the sorrows. Thank you for the triumphs and the setbacks. Thank you for everything that makes this child a beautiful, priceless creation in your sight. Thank you for the ways you have stretched us and grown us, opening our eyes to see you ever more clearly. Thank you for all the ways you have given us special grace. Amen. Amen. Do I have time to read another one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was just going to, after you read it, remind everybody, yeah, now that you've heard what's in here and now you're longing to have a copy, we're giving copies away today um, from our friends at InterVarsity Press. So you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Absolutely, we have time. for We have we have all morning for prayer. Absolutely. Go, <laughs> That's go wonderful. Ahead and, Go ahead well, and read sh- us another one, Arena. I love this. I will. And I'll share briefly that one of the things I wanted to capture in this book is the scope and the depth of this journey. It mm-hmm. is hard, but also there are moments of indescribable beauty and there are moments of joy and there are moments of laughter. And sometimes I think part of the blessing of raising a child with special needs is you learn to find laughter in unexpected places and unexpected ways. So Part of the feedback I've gotten from readers is I was surprised at how much humor is in the book. Well, you kind of have to have a sense of humor if you're going to raise these kiddos. Excuse me. So one of my favorite prayers in the book is actually the prayer for a substitute teacher. Um, My son struggles with changes in daily routine and having a substitute teacher is pretty much a guarantee. (laughs) Things are not going to go well. And I thought, you know what? We need a prayer for the person who is walking unsuspecting into this situation. So this is that prayer. For a substitute teacher, dear God, well, you know what's coming and I know what's coming, but this dear teacher has no idea. Give our substitute teacher a good day, Lord. Make the morning so perfect and unhampered that she arrives at school in the very best possible mood overflowing with a grace that will spill out all over our child. Give her strength throughout the day and rest and respite tonight, Lord. We know it will be needed. Thank you for all the substitute teachers everywhere who daily walk into classrooms of unknown children and daily give their best. Bless them abundantly, especially when those classrooms include our child. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm, I love that. You have me... um... You have me thinking today about uh, all of the teachers in my son's life skills class. And there's mm-hmm. two new teachers in there this year. And the, <laughs> and the class is now divided. There's now two classes, which is also like so new and strange for all of them because they've all been together. Um, and now there's, you know, frankly, so many students who need this particular help that now there right. are two classrooms. And so right now, so, and there's three new students this year. It's a lot of change. And we're one week yeah. in. Yes. Oh. And and I got the like the like the one week 
the first week, like quote unquote newsletter from the, the from the main teacher, and it's like five pages single spaced. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> oh, she is under oh. a heavy burden. She is on like right. This is a lot of information to feel like you have to share week one. Yes. Um, oh so goodness. I I think that the specific prayers for not just. I mean, we should be praying. We must be praying for our teachers, you know, all of them, every single one of them at every level of the educational process. Um, but those teachers who are in classrooms with children who have identified special needs and those who are in classrooms where there are children with special needs that aren't specifically yet identified and that process right. and how that unfolds early mm-hmm. in an academic year, um, mm-hmm. all of those things are a part of this conversation um, about special grace. If you're listening to us right now, I'm Carmen LeBurge. I'm the host of this morning show on the Faith Radio Network. And we're talking with author and mom and stand-up comedian, Elrena Evans. The book is Special Grace, Prayers and Reflections for Families with Special Needs. We'll be right back for some more Special Grace. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Elrena Evans is a mom. Uh, she is a stand-up comedian. I like this part of her bio. Um, she's also the author of, among other books, Special Grace, Prayers and Reflections for Families with Special Needs. It's the topic of conversation today, and we are giving away copies. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, Elrena, I like uh, you know the way you talk about, you know, I'm an Episcopalian, so written prayers are important to my faith tradition i'm thinking there that you know the the spoken prayers um of the of the book of common prayer and so you are writing down your prayers and you're asking hey where are the prayers for the iep meeting for special education for when my kid bit his teacher my list here's my list where is the prayer for the bus driver and the school resource officer and the fellow students um who are you know mainstream who are going to interact with my child every single day. I want their hearts to be tender toward him. Um, You know, where's the prayer for my kid to have one real friend? Like those are some of the things from a special needs family perspective that maybe other people aren't actively thinking about, but this book helps us do that. Yes, that was one of my hopes, my prayers when writing this book. And you're right. That's exactly how it began. My son was in the process of receiving his diagnosis and I'm reading through the book of common prayer and other books of written prayers and going, where is the prayer for receiving a diagnosis? Where is the prayer for special education teachers and therapists? And then it sort of spooled out from there. We need a Thanksgiving for American sign language. We need a Thanksgiving for Braille and a blessing for a new wheelchair. And so that's what I tried to do when I was writing this book. And My hope and prayer is that it will be a comfort to families who are on this journey, who have children with special needs. 
But I've also heard back from so many readers who don't have children even, or don't have children with special needs who have said, this really opened my eyes. This really helped me to see. And I feel like I can pray not for you, but with you and alongside you while you are on this journey. Yeah, that was my, that is absolutely my sense. You, um, it's, it is a resource for, for families, but it's also um, a wonderful equipping of people who, you know, sit down the row from us at, at, at worship um, or, <laughs> right, right. And they're like, I don't even know how to engage with that family. Like their kid is, you know, their kid is quote unquote, not normal. And I'm of course thinking your kid's not normal either. So you just don't know all the ways your kid, right. I mean like, right. So it's, um, this is a, a, it opens up conversation. Talk with us about the power of written prayers for people who come out of, or are in um, traditions of the Christian faith where there are not written prayers as you have um, experienced using the book of common prayer in, in the Episcopal tradition. Um, talk with us about the power of written prayers and why they're helpful. I think, well, I think that prayer takes so many forms. And obviously in Special Grace, the form it takes is written prayer. I think written prayers are important because we all have moments where we have cries that are beyond words. And so for me, written prayer is something that can come into that moment, a resource, something that I can reach for. I can pray these words. There's a series of prayers in the book, a prayer for when everything seems to be going wrong, another prayer for when everything seems to be going wrong, one more prayer for when everything seems to be going wrong. (laughs) And the idea is when you're in that moment and you can't get anything out other than just the God, uh, help to, to read those prayers and to have those words and to maybe have a moment of, yes, this is what my heart is trying to say. And I think sometimes that's enough. And I think for some people, it unlocks your own words. It can spur you then to find or create words of your own. I have learned um, more, Elrina, from uh, the one child in our family who has, you know, these identified or identifiable special needs. But I'm still with you. Every child has special needs. Some of them are just outsized. So, but I have learned more about God's grace and more about myself and my need for grace from mm-hmm. this one child than uh, than all the others put together. Um, and um, I, when I find myself like literally standing with my hands open and my I'm almost slack jawed because I'm like, how many times? How how I I, I feel like uh, broken. And I realize I'm in a posture of exasperation on the one hand mm-hmm. and in a posture mm-hmm. of God help me. Uh, my, I am, I got nothing. I got, and, and I need something. So I think that that posture, and I mean, if you could see me right now, like, right, my hands are open, lifted up slightly. And I'm just like, I mean, which is, and my shoulders are generally shrugged when I'm doing this in the presence of my special needs child, right? Because he's now almost 17. And so, like, I'm like exasperated sometimes. I'm like, but then I realize, like, God's exasperated with me a lot. And so I've learned a lot about grace in the midst of all of this. Yeah, it's so interesting to me that you talk about posture, because when I'm not writing and raising my children and doing all the other things I do. I dance. I've danced my entire life. And I have been very fortunate to dance with a Christian worship team. And Mm. 
when I'm talking about the different ways that we pray, you just blew prayers. people's minds. You just blew people's <laughs> minds because they're like Episcopalians dance. Like, yes, yes. Okay, so I minds have... are blown. Minds are blown all over the universe right now. Episcopalians dance and do stand up comedy. So there you go. Now you really want to <laughs> read El Reno's book. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I have been privileged to be part of an Episcopal dance choir for about 30 years now since I was a little girl. And that is another way. Written prayers obviously are huge for me, but for me, dance is a form of prayer. And when you say that posture, I can see that posture because sometimes what I have to bring before God can't go into words. I can only express it through my body, through the open hands, through the lifted arms, through the raised face. And I think that God meets us in those places too. Um, Mama PhD. Women write about motherhood and academic life. This this sounds like, like an exciting book. Um, so so does the short story collection, this crowded night. Um, we're talking specifically today, however, about Ilrina's book, Special Grace: Prayers and Reflections for Families with Special Needs. Text the word book to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four to enter the drawing for the copies we have to give away today. Um, Elrina, as we conclude our conversation today, um, maybe just a word of encouragement to special needs um, families out there, particularly mamas and maybe grandmas. Uh, and then if you'd like to close us out with reading a prayer from Special Grace, we would love that. Sure. I think my word of encouragement would be you are not alone. Mm. In those moments when we feel so alone and isolated and like we're not enough. God is there. God sees you. God is holding you. God's grace is always present. It may show up in ways that we weren't expecting. It may look a little different than we thought, but the grace is always there. That grace will never, ever leave us. And I think on the note of encouragement, I will end with a prayer for when we feel like we're failing. Mm. Dear God, Sometimes we feel like we're failing at everything and we just can't keep up. When doubt screams in our ears, whisper the truth that in your perfect grace, we are enough. Help us turn our eyes away from the mountain of evidence we've amassed that says we're not doing a good enough job. Help us remember all that we give to love and raise this child. Remind us that this hard work is the work you have called us to do and that you are always with us. When we feel like we're falling, Lord, catch us. Promise us that you won't let us fall too far. In your name, amen. Mm, amen. Elrina, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. The book is Special Grace, Prayers and Reflections for Families with Special Needs. You're listening to Mornings hey. with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. I just love the opportunities we have here um, to talk with real people about real things um, and apply them, you know, in reality to our walk of faith. Love it if you would uh, join our online study. It starts on September the 6th. It's Susie Larson's new book, Strong in Battle, Why the Humble Will Prevail. Um, so you can sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com. 
Um, and I'd really appreciate if you do me a personal favor today as well. That number that you text uh, all the time, 877-933-2484. I want you to call that number. I want you to press uh, the number two. And I want you to tell us your faith radio story, why you listen, what difference it makes in your life. We are getting ready for our fall fundraiser, and I need some stories from you. What difference does uh, this make in your life? How does it change the way you think? When have you heard just the right message at just the right time? So give us a call and share your faith radio story. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.